Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on ROH, NJPW, Impact, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. I'm joined by my co-host Paul, and we're at StarCast. It has finally happened. After months of talking about it, we're actually here, and uh, it is quite the scene. Uh, you know, we're only a few hours into being here, and uh, boy, everywhere you look, you're seeing wrestling royalty. We saw Jeff Jarrett. We talked to DDP. Uh, we saw Kevin Kelly. You know, everywhere. We, I, I just, on my way to the bathroom, I just passed Marty Skrull. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and some people that are here, really special people behind, you know, All In, the reason that this event even exists, the Bucks. And that's what this episode is all about, the Young Bucks. Their influence and, you know, positivity that have led to, like, all this revolutionary stuff in the business. All kinds of just breaking the mold, things that they have done to really get us to where we are now in the wrestling world. Also, we'll be talking about our favorite Bucks matches as well. We will. We've got a, a, a poll that has uh, some of our, our viewers and listeners' favorite matches. We're going to dissect a bunch that we have watched. We're going to hear from Dana Massey about her role in all of the Young Bucks' success. We're going to hear from fans here at StarCast talking about uh, the Young Bucks. And we'll hear from some of their peers in the wrestling business about the way they feel about the Young Bucks. But before we get into any of that... Let's tell everybody wherever they can find us. Yep, you guys can find us on Twitter at Two Face Pod, T W O F A C E D P O D. Also, you can find me at Super Kicking It, S U P E R K I C K I N G I T. And if you follow us on there, you'll be able to participate in polls like this Young Buck favorite match poll and have your voice be heard. And we could even read some of your comments, which we will do today. We're reading lots of comments that people you know, left on that poll. So. Yeah, yeah, so uh, good stuff. And uh, I guess let's get right into it. Uh, I think as we look around here, uh, it is really a testament to Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. And, and Cody, of course, gets a ton of credit about what's happening here. But this show, we are focusing on the Young Bucks, and they are innovators in this business. They really are innovators, and I think... People talk about Stone Cold and The Rock being once-in-a-lifetime performers. I feel like that's what we're seeing in the non-WWE scene right now. The Bucks, along with Cody, too, you got to give him credit, and Kenny Omega, they are once-in-a-lifetime performers who really get people invested in their characters, and I think it's due to a multitude of reasons. And I think they've really made the technology that's around and at everyone's fingertips work for them. So like, let's say social media, like Twitter, for instance, you know, way back when, when hardly anyone was using 
Twitter to their advantage. Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, they were using Twitter to further their personas and to you know connect with fans further and to develop their characters further. In fact, there's a great little quote from an article. Yeah, I've got one here um, talking about being the elite and uh, taking their storylines online. This is from an ESPN article. The show has succeeded in doing something that even WWE has failed at, taking original and creative online content and successfully, seamlessly interweaving it with ongoing storylines of Ring of Honor and New Japan Wrestling. Then that's so true. I think being the elite adds a lot of layers to what's happening in the other promotions that the Bucks and Cody and Omega are in. And I feel like no other thing in wrestling is doing what being the elite is doing. It's so unique. It's getting casuals into the product who maybe have stopped watching because they're sick of what's happening in WWE. And Cody's been saying this lately on all of NWA's, you know, all incoming videos, as well as Cody's own YouTube channel videos. He's been saying, you know, WWE is great. They're great at what they do, but we want to do something different. We want to change the wrestling world and we want to provide something, you know, that people haven't seen before. And I think people can connect with that and they can get behind that. And then speaking to my previous statement about using Twitter to their advantage, the Bucks had a interview with Rolling Stone and Matt Jackson said, you know, I think I was the first person that had my Twitter handle on my gear. And I'm talking TNA days. We have 140 characters, but now we have 280 to get ourselves over. You better believe we're going to use those tools. Every picture we post, every tweet we post, it's all building blocks to what we're creating as characters. Yeah, so the social media thing is really, I mean, one of the main reasons they are the, as popular as they are because they've gotten their message out in a way that doesn't have the WWE machine behind them. Uh, one of the quotes I saw is, we don't have three hours of television. We don't have three or four segments where we can be talking on camera. You know, we we need this platform to uh, get our message out, get a storyline out. And so that is part of their brilliance in advancing their brand. And in the process, they've advanced the brand of New Japan Wrestling and certainly Ring of Honor. Definitely. And I think a big part of it has to do with creative freedom. Because that's what you see in being the elite. That's what you see when they're just going off on Twitter. But it's obvious that Ring of Honor and New Japan value them so much that they give them a certain amount of creative control to do what they want with their characters. And, you know, in that Rolling Stone article, Matt says, you've built these characters and personalities for years, and you do it yourself like Nick and I have. Now, you know, if they left and went somewhere else, he's saying, we'd have to hand over the keys. That's terrifying. It's like, here's all this hard work we've done. Now, please, please don't ruin it. That's a difficult gamble. So now what we're seeing is they're, you know, they've got the freedom to do whatever they want. And I think they're thriving in that environment. And another quote from them uh, talking about doing the elite, this is from ESPN. It alleviates a lot of the stress of our everyday jobs of doing what we have to do. Doing the elite thing. When we really feel like we're clicking on all the cylinders, we're proving from start to finish that we're real entertainment and not just wrestling. And they've interwoven so many great storylines in. Uh, the the Adam Cole story, when he was act, or, or, you know accused of poisoning the Young Bucks because one of the Young Bucks actually was sick. Yeah. And so he get, they wove in a whole food poisoning thing. I loved that because it was so unique of a storyline and silly. You know, some people don't like the campiness of being the elite, but I love it because it's, it's fun, lighthearted, 
but uh, there's some emotional stuff in there too when it once like it added a lot to the whole Golden Lovers Young Bucks thing with the whole Kenny Omega falling out with the Bucks. That whole storyline was kind of deepened and there was so many layers added to it through being the elite. So to me, one of the big reasons we, we, we would be remiss not to mention being the elite. That's a huge reason, but there's there's a lot of other reasons. It's just their merch game is really great too. Like it's like they've got a great mind for the wrestling business and um it's it shows in every way. You go on Pro Wrestling Tees and you see all the different designs, how much time and thought they've put into the designs. And really, they just, they've just they got their finger on the pulse of the wrestling fans' desires and what they want to wear, what they want to see. And I, it's obviously paid off because a lot of their money comes from merch. Well, and they've done, they've had a whole do-it-yourself approach, right? They, 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 they've had their hands on designing this stuff. They've got their friends doing it. Their merch table is right over our table here. Uh, they that's been busy all day. Uh, been manned by uh, one of their former uh, opponents in the yeah. ring. Yeah, we'll talk about one of their matches later. One of the Cutler brothers, Brandon Cutler. And then, he's uh, at the table helping because he's a longtime family friend. And uh, and Dana Massey, of course, is sitting over there as well. And, yeah, uh, Matt's she, wife. Yeah, she's been terrific. And and uh, along the lines of that DIY thing, uh, Matt said equating it to the lifestyle he's already leading as an independent wrestler. It's cool because it's a DIY type of thing. My wife does everything in house. She does the shipping. She boxes everything. She does everything. She gets all the product. So, you know, Dana is you know as much as the Young Bucks uh, have done a lot, she has done a lot, and you got a chance to catch up with her earlier today. Terrific interview. Dana's been busy all day over there at the table. She's been meeting people, but she took time to sit in that chair and you sat in this chair and here's that interview well, we're joined by the brains behind youngbucksmerch.com and she's more than just the brains behind it she's really just a strong businesswoman talk about being a woman in the wrestling business and such a strong force behind this really merch empire it's become right um it's incredible i never thought that we would be where we are now. Um, I was in property management previously. I worked there for like five or six years. Um, we were pregnant with our son, Zach, three, well, 2015, so about three years ago, a little three and a half. Um, my property actually went to market and sold while I was on leave. So I didn't have a job to come back to. Um, it ended up happening to be the same month that Matt and I signed with Ring of Honor. And so I was like, okay, you have a for sure good thing going on right now. I can stay at home with our kids, which has always been my dream. I can't talk about that much because we'll start crying. Um, and I was like, I'll focus on the merch and we'll like see what we can do with it. Because at that point, we really hadn't gotten outside of like the t-shirts too much. Like we've done some stickers and like some little things, but we really hadn't ventured into all the other things that we've done now. So um, that's kind of where it started. And it's just, it's blossomed. Like all of the fans, really it's everybody's reaction to the new products and stuff. It's been been amazing it's crazy like i never thought this would be my life it's it's incredible i love it it's so much fun it really is incredible and to say that it's blossomed is like such an understatement it's like blown yeah it's crazy it's so impressive and like all that you handle at home so talk talk about running a home and a home business at the same time and how challenging oh that is oh my gosh it's so challenging because it's like not only running a home and a business but it's like doing that kind of almost like as a single parent 75 percent of the time most of the time um it's hard it's definitely hard on me it can be very very challenging at times too 
Um, I try not to work much when Matt's gone, which everybody knows I'm a stickler. I try and get orders out as fast as I can, but we do have something that go on our emails to let people know, like, this is completely run by us. So please allow like up to three weeks sometimes because there are times where Matt's gone for like a week. He comes home for maybe 24 hours and then he's back out the door again. And in those 24 hours, it's like we're trying to spend time together as a family. And the last thing I feel like doing is going in and working and, you know, we're trying to get that quality family time together. So it's definitely taken um, a lot of time to try and adjust or not adjust, but just trying to find that happy balance for everybody, for the kids, for me, for Matt. Um, but I mean, it's. We're doing the best we can. I think I think we're doing an okay job. I mean, Matt and I are still married. We've been married for almost ten years. It'll be ten years in November. Our kids are good. It's you know, it's it's fun. I never thought I would be in the wrestling business, so it's it's crazy. It's, it's something unique. But I think that everyone can see how hard you both work. And I think that's why the fans understand if, like, you know, it takes a little while. But it really never feels like it takes a little while. I feel like you guys are so responsive. And the fans see just all the hard work that you and the Bucks put into everything. And I think that gives that extra connection. And that's probably why I think that connection makes them more popular than ever. Oh, and for sure. kind of leads into their success that we're yeah. seeing now. And part of its success, I think, is I love how you guys have different stuff on your merch site, like the leggings. I think that's so unique. You don't see a lot of girls' merch that are different than just fitted t-shirts. Talk about the idea to put out leggings and how unique and cool that is. Oh, my gosh. So it was a few years ago. Um, it was back when, like, the whole buttery soft leggings idea started. Um, and I told Matt, I'm like, I think that this might be something fun. Like, I think if we did something really crazy and bold, I think that the girls would have a lot of fun. Because for me especially, like, I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl. But leggings are always nice to have, too. And I know at wrestling shows, sometimes the girls don't always want to wear a black wrestling shirt. You know, it's, unless you go order something custom from Pro Wrestling Tees. It's, it's unisex. I mean, yep. I'm wearing it now. Um, but it's, it's fun to have something else. So we started with the super kick all over print first. And I've got a picture. Matt um, Matt and Nick were in Vegas, and I went, and I wore mine. And it was so fun to, like, match what he was wearing. So now it's fun. Um, I was mad because they have new gear that they're wearing on Saturday. I'm like, you're not wearing either one of the leggings for it. Like, I want to bring them and sell them. Like, it would be fun. Anyways, so um, it's it was just something fun to do to kind of give the girls another kind of avenue to kind of represent the boys and um, – I don't know, it's fun. We've done, gosh, four or five, no, five, At five least, or six. I, I think I've so. I've out now. So, um, but no, it's it's a lot of fun. It was a it was a cool project to work on. I kind of laughed at Matt when we first, like, kind of started talking about it. I'm like, I really don't know if these are going to sell. And we only ordered, man, I want to say, like, 20 or 25 to begin with. Wow. Because I wasn't too confident. I wasn't right. sure if, you know, what the kind of response was going to be. We get a great response sometimes on Twitter, and then when we actually get things and we put them up for sale, it doesn't necessarily match up with the response we got on Twitter. So we went through the first batch, and I was like, I think we're on to something. I think this might be good. And now we're pretty much, whenever they have new gear that comes out, they special design their spandex and everything for their gear. So that's been kind of the fun thing. We kind of match that. And then it's cool, too, because people do it for cosplay. Yeah. So I know that from first hand. Yeah, of course. So um, it's fun for that, too, because it kind of gives people an easy way to be able to do their cosplay and everything, too. They don't have to worry about trying to match exactly, especially when it's custom gear that they've bought that they're trying to do, too. So. 
I love it. It's unique. It's something that I feel like no other wrestling merch company does, really. You kind of just got into a new little niche, and I love it. Yeah. And also, speaking of, you know, breaking the mold and doing unique things, that's kind of what the Bucks are all about. Right. And talk about what you think their legacy is going to be in like 10 years because I think what we're seeing right now is that they're changing the whole business. Oh, they're revolutionizing yeah. everything. Just talk a little bit about that um, and what you think I, they're you doing. Know, it's hard to say. I I am one of those where it's like I live in the moment and I not that I'm a skeptical person per se, but I have a hard time seeing things ahead of time. You know what I mean? It's like I am very visual. I have to see, you know, you, Planning for all in, I'm like, I need maps of the Sears Center. I, you know, like I'm very detailed and very um, visual, like yeah. oriented. So Matt's parents have always said, Matt and I have been together for 15 years. We're high school sweethearts. His parents always said in the, from the very beginning when I first met them that Matt and Nick are meant to bring a light to the wrestling world. I can't talk about this very long because I will start crying. I feel like I'm a it's mess so tonight. Um, but I never understood. I'm like, they going to be a light in the wrestling world like I never really understood it and it's unfolding now it is. so like to be living it in the middle of all of this um I'm so proud of them they've done such an incredible job what they're doing now the children's books all of the merch it's paving a way for wrestlers that has never been paved before and I think that it's that positive, that light that his parents have talked about for so many years. I can only see going up from here. Like, I think it's amazing to show people that it's not just WWE, that there are other avenues for it. There's other options. WWE, as great as the companies they are, they're not the be-all, end-all of wrestling. There are other avenues. There's other options. As long as that wrestler has the determination and the will to make it happen, that's, you know, that's kind of what they've done and I hope that that kind of continues on I think that that's a huge thing that they've unfolded with the business I have to agree with you and it's so special and I feel like you so proud to be a fan of theirs like it's just awesome because genuine like you them you know their mom and dad everyone involved is just so genuine seeming and I think that's what makes people get behind them it's awesome right. and I want to thank you for your time one last question sure. What's your favorite piece of merch? The piece of merch I'm most proud of has to be the leggings. I love um, them, yeah. Because it was something that I didn't really have too much faith in in the beginning, and it's grown so much, and the demand for it now. Like, I've had so many people come up to me, and they're like, where are the leggings? Why didn't you bring them? And I'm like, man, I'm kicking myself now. I need to have more faith in, like, our stuff, because I know it sells at home. It's going to sell here. It is. Um, I love all of our stuff. Like I love the children's book. You mentioned that, yes. too. It's so special, like, anti-bullying and stuff. That's, like, a message that I feel like is really important. Oh, I love how the Bucks so wanted to do that. Um, really it's, special. It's a lot of fun. So the soft cover's out now. Pre-orders are starting on Amazon. But for the hard cover, it's coming out in November. Um, and then Cody's actually releasing a book in the spring. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I did. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm proud of everything. It's, you know, we, board shorts is another thing that keeps coming up. And that's oh, yeah, that I, I that. take pride in. I don't rush things. I do a lot of research because we're more about quality than quantity. Yes. And we've gotten quotes for board shorts. And it's like, I'd have to charge like $100 for a pair of board shorts. I was telling somebody that earlier. They're like, are you going to have them for the cruise? I'm like, I don't know. I'm hoping I might be able to pull it off. Yeah. But anyways, I love all of it. It's, 
I do too. And speaking of the cruise, really quick, Jericho and Cody and the Bucks, they were all like singing your praises on their latest interview on Talk is Jericho. So you were so loved. I was dying. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jericho knows who I am. And I, it's funny because you talked about that email chain. Yeah. I had no idea he was even in the email chain. It's funny. So I was like, okay, it's hilarious. I didn't know he was in there and then he didn't know who I was. So it was kind of funny. I haven't met him yet. I'm like, I'm dying to meet him. So I'm like, okay, I'm on that cruise so I can shake his so hand. So you're going like, on the cruise? Yes. Yeah, me too. We'll it's going to be so much fun. And that's so another fun. revolutionary thing that the Bucks are involved right. in with Chris Jericho and all these awesome players doing unique new things. It's going to be a great summer. And we're just so happy that you stopped and talked oh, with us. Sure. Tell us me. quickly how to find Young Bucks merch. Where so can we go to get your, the merch? YoungBucksMerch.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Young Bucks Merch. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, like Chris Jericho respects you, I respect you, and I respect your time. Thank you so much, Dana. Take care. Very nice of Dana to sit down with you. She couldn't have been nicer. She was so sweet to give her very valuable time to sit with us because, you know, time is money when you're selling merchandise and stuff, and they sell a lot, trust me. So that was so sweet of her. We really appreciate it. And something we talked about in the interview is being genuine and how the fans can tell when someone's genuine. And I think the way the Massey family portrays themselves, Matt, Nick, but even Dana behind the scenes, and then going even further behind that, the Young Bucks parents. Everyone could tell how great of people they are. And you know, people always call me, oh, you're a fangirl of the Young Bucks. That is not true. I hate, hate, hate that term. What I am a fan of is genuine people. And that's why I get behind them so strongly, because when someone's just sweet and genuine, and it's got that nature that you just are drawn to, you want to invest in them. And I think that's why people get behind them and buy their merch and watch what they're doing, because it's just good people putting out great content. Why wouldn't you want to support that? But that being said, they can have a great social media presence. They can have great merchandise, but it is going to come down to their in-ring product. And boy, they're, we're, we're going to break down their matches later. Just their in-ring performance is what drives and, and, and takes everybody's breath away. It's fast-paced. It's creative. Because talk about, like, let's just analyze one move, the Meltzer driver. Kind of a controversial move in terms of, oh, they're, you know, they're naming it after a wrestling journalist or whatever. But I think that's the genius of it. It's like wrestling meta. They're, being, they're referencing the whole idea of the behind-the-scenes of the business in their whole move set that's insane it's it's clever it's unique uh i don't know I, I love what they do and you know how they always are kind of when they used to mock you know suck it and do the too sweet that was part of that too being wrestling meta like kind of referencing wrestling insider knowledge or fan knowledge and they come off as fans themselves it was just a whole big thing that's just so unique that you don't see a lot of other wrestlers doing and look they, i mean that's all great, but to me, it's what they do in the ring, just as the high-flying stuff, the creativity, the constantly coming up with new and creative things that just blows my mind on what they can do in the ring. Yeah, and you know we're about to delve really deep into a whole bunch of matches, right. but I watched over 20 matches, all Young Bucks matches, and honestly, I didn't get bored because you can easily, if you're seeing the same moves over and over again, from 2009 to 2018 now, it was entertaining. And you could tell that they've kind of 
phased out some moves they used to do. They used to be really fond of back rakes. We'll talk. We'll talk about right. that. And of course, it was a lot of flips, like a cartwheel Matt used to do into a back rake. Um, awesome, hilarious spot. But they really don't do that much anymore. But um, just they have been able to change it up because you can't watch 20 matches by the same people in a row and be entertained by every wrestler that exists. A lot of them you'd get bored pretty easy. Well, let's talk about one of the criticisms of the Young Bucks. Let's. That, that everything is too choreographed. Spot monkeys is, <gasps> a, is a term. Um, and look, that's fine. We say that all the time, that wrestling, you know, people can have their opinions. But I, I, I want to quote something else, uh, you know, that kind of goes along the lines that too many people are, are, are fixated on that kind of stuff and don't give them enough credit for the work they do. And this is a quote from Nick. We're not everyone's cup of tea, but as long as you know we work hard, that's all I'm looking for for the critics. So they, they know that people, you know, don't like some of the flipping around that doesn't amount to anything. But they, as long as people recognize how hard they work, I think they're okay with it. Yeah, and as we say on this show all the time, it's okay to disagree. If you guys don't like the Young Bucks... I mean, that's okay. That's your opinion, and you're entitled to have an opinion just like we are. I'll respect yours, but whether or not you like their in-ring style, I don't think anyone can truly deny what they've done, even outside of the ring, changing you know, the world of wrestling, especially outside of WWE, making it kind of a viable option to stay outside of the WWE and be successful. Just being a walking success story of that accomplishment that in itself is a huge deal that they should be remembered for forever. But when you come and you add in the merchandise records and things that they've done that no one else has done, it really just blows your mind. Whether or not you like their in-ring product, the evidence is there. It's the merchandise sales. It's just all that they've been able to accomplish. Let's look at Hot Topic. First non-WWE wrestling t-shirts to be in Hot Topic. Hot Topic went to WrestleMania in Orlando, saw all these Bullet Club shirts everywhere and Young Buck shirts, and they were like, approach WWE, who owns this? Is it you guys? They're like, no, it's not us. So they had to approach the Bucks and New Japan. And now their merchandise is in every Hot Topic store in the nation. It's really incredible how they've infiltrated. And also, we've been quoting articles from mainstream press. We're talking about Rolling Stone, ESPN, Non-WWE wrestling hasn't gotten this much press in years. I think the Bucks are a huge part of that. And going back to your thing about in-ring, how many tag teams can sell out a show? How many tag teams can fill a house? The Bucks can. I don't know how many teams you can say that about in this day and age. It's hard to say that about a singles wrestler in this day and age even. But the Bucks, you headline, have them as a headliner, they'll fill the house for you. I want to go to another quote from Matt real quick. Uh, and this is actually one I, I kind of, agree, I see his point, but I disagree with. He says, great matches have the shortest shelf life in history. Now you've got to have an interesting story to be remembered. We need to be thinking more like HBO and Netflix and less than wrestling. And I get what he's talking about, but I disagree because with them in particular, people have favorite matches from them. And so the stories may have a part of it, in fact, a lot of people we talked to, you know, the, their match against the Golden Lovers was their most favorite match because of the, the whole storyline involved. But it was also a phenomenal match. You know, the Hardys and, and them, 
that was a phenomenal match. So I, I, I disagree. I see his point where mm -hmm. he's going with that, but I disagree because I still, great matches are the thing to me more than anything else. I think matches do stick with you for a very long time. My favorite Young Bucks match, I'll always remember. And every time I watch it, it's like watching it for the first time. I love it. And, you know, we've been to so many great Young Bucks matches where the in-ring really has stuck with us forever. So, so yeah, I kind of disagree with them there, too. But I see what he's saying because that's just his social media and, like, marketing and business yeah. mind kind of at work there. Because they're so in tuned with using all these tools. And that's what he's talking about, using YouTube to their benefit, using Twitter to their benefit, using that because, you know, they can't just rely on the in-ring all the time. They have to go outside and be more and do more to get that extra connection. Well, earlier today, we had a chance to talk to some fans here at StarCast, and we asked them about not only their favorite match, but the influence of the Young Bucks in this business. So tell us about your favorite Young Bucks moment or match. Uh, the Young Bucks moment or match. Uh, I think uh, when it comes, I think the San Francisco show, uh, or even the, you know what, the Long Beach Evolve show, that was fantastic with the Golden Lovers. Uh, amazing storyline, uh, not only like um, outside of the ring, but inside the ring, it was a fantastic match. That I, I don't think I'll ever forget about that one. It could be when I, they won the heavyweight titles at Dominion. I had to get the shirt here. That was pretty exciting because, uh, you know, they were making the jump from junior to heavyweight, and uh, I was hoping they would win, and uh, then they actually did, so it was pretty incredible. At the uh, Walter Pyramid uh, for the Strong Style Evolved event against Coda uh, and Kenny. Why is that it was an awesome match. It was a great match. It was a good story. It was a good match. It was the same one. It was. It was just really emotional. It was really. It, it made me very emotional. It was. It was really touching. Talk about why the Bucks have revolutionized the wrestling business. Like you know why this is special. What they're doing. Uh, it's special because, like, there's so much more options to do around other than WWE. You know, like they're showing us that like independent wrestling is really uh, more talent, more excitement than like the mainstream and there's more demographic to this I feel like so I feel like this is much better this for example you know um, this whole event um, just bringing people a different option than WWE um, something that's probably tuned more to people that are here you know 18 to 40 the demographic that WWE's lost um, and just letting everybody know that you know you don't have to watch that you can watch great wrestling in another place it's exploded. They've, they've, they've put it on the map. I mean, it, WWE was great for a while. Then Young Bucks, Cody, everybody with the all-in event, putting this all together, putting independent wrestling on the map where it should be, along with New Japan, Ring of Honor, they've just escalated wrestling just through the roof. It's awesome. Yeah, same thing. Wrestling was something that, that we really kind of had become dejected with. And then this is just like, it's a new awakening for it. It's great. Combined with Cody and, and, and the Young Bucks, they, they've managed to prove other people wrong. They've managed to prove fans wrong. they managed to prove people in the business wrong. Uh, by look at, look at what they created. This is fantastic. Um, it just, it's one of those that's going to go down in history. And hopefully it's not just a one thing. It goes on for many years. So the fans certainly seeing what's all around us is a testament to the Young Bucks. And uh, you've got a couple of quotes from... Uh, their peers in the wrestling business. Yeah, I do. If you go back and re-watch Supercard of Honor, we were lucky enough to be there where it was Bucks, 
versus Hardys mm -hmm. in Lakeland. And that is one of my favorite Young Bucks matches ever because it's like two of the greatest tag teams ever facing off against each other in a ladder match, <laughs> which the Hardys are known for. Which so we'll I'm, get to that. Yeah, we will get to that in our extended <laughs> match discussion. But in the beginning of that match, Kevin Kelly and Colt Cabana had some really high praise for the Bucks. So Kevin Kelly said, I say it every time they come out, but the biggest crowd ever in Ring of Honor history, hey Bucks, thanks for the house. <laughs> Colt Cabana followed that up and said, the biggest sensation on the underground scene have brought it to Ring of Honor. The Young Bucks have paved their own way in this business. Nobody gave it to them, they did it. People said, you're too small, you're too young, your style isn't good, you're not good enough. You can't play with the big boys. And they said, screw you to all of them and said, we will do it our way. And now they are two of the biggest stars, if not the biggest stars in the world of wrestling. And then Kevin followed that up. Colt, they took some of your recipe, some of your formula, and they've blown it up. And Colt responded, you know, it's always nice to see the articles in Rolling Stone or USA Today or ESPN always giving credit to me, which I appreciate it. But they've taken it to the next level. They deserve it because they really are rock stars in the world of professional wrestling. So there's a couple of quotes from uh, the guys who call their matches. Let's hear a little bit from guys who they are actually in the ring with. The Young Bucks, probably the greatest tag team of, of my generation, our generation. Uh, that's an opinion, of course, but I just I feel like... Uh, very strongly on that one. You can attribute to the Bullet Club the success that they've had, you know, and then they're, they're not selfish guys, so they pass the success along down the, the roster. So being the elite, it's like that It's like that backstage, the backstage interaction, what people want to see. They want to see what goes on behind the scenes, you know? Because anybody can go out there and put up a front, hey, I'm this guy, but when you see them backstage, see them interacting with their friends and all that, you get, you get connected, you, feel, you start to feel, you start, and it's the best storytelling in wrestling right now. Because you, we can do it anywhere. We're telling stories everywhere we go. And it's just, it's genius on their behalf. I'm just lucky to be a part of it, so. Being the elite is something different because you get to see who we really are, you know what I mean? And then the bits where, you know, it's obviously a little bit of fiction. Um, we're not trying to fool you. We're not pulling wool, you know, it's, it's clearly fiction. Um, but, you know, it's great. And it's, it's good that we have an outlet that is our own to do our own thing on, you know what I mean? This is just an extension, you know, and I think um, I think people dig that, you know, knowing it's not it's not a corporate-driven thing. It's just a bunch of guys having fun and being successful. Yeah, do you know what? Um, I've built a real strong relationship with uh, Matt and Nick, the Young Bucks, and I think it's come down to our kind of shared passion for this business. We, uh, you know, we're all very creative types, and we all want to be able to make something special and make something that the fans can... Um, enjoy and invest in uh, you know so much in wrestling is so not authentic not organic and so much seems so forced but I feel like the reason why we've been able to connect with the audience is because you know we are giving the audience us this is you know this is sorry it's Jay Lee from screaming but you know this is like our art this is our creation this is us having fun and I think the fans enjoy that so you know it's been great and I think uh, you know it's you can watch three hours on Monday Night Raw, but you're still not really going to get that one-on-one -on -one connection with a wrestler. May, you know, maybe one or two wrestlers you can, but this is our Monday Night Raw. This is our weekly show where you'll get, you know, 15 minutes of the villain, 15 minutes of the Young Bucks, and uh, it's our real lives. So, you know, people, they, of course, are going to connect. So, no, we wanted to create something special. We wanted to give back to our fans who, are, who have made us. Um, so, no, it's been, a, it's been a real fun time being the elite. 
I only can hope that it continues, that's what I can say. <laughs> when guys like the Young Bucks, like Cody, like Marty Skrull, Adam Page, when they're doing Being the Elite and it's getting 200,000 views, and you know that's a fraction of what we get on television, but not a small fraction. I mean, this is a sizable audience they're cultivating. So many people talking about how the Bucks are really generous and spreading their success into the locker room for everyone to share in. And I think that's an important thing. Not only are the Bucks respected by the fans, but obviously by their wrestling peers, because everyone sees what they're doing. They're creating more work and more success and bettering the wrestling economy for everyone involved. And that's a great thing. And that's why I think wrestling is thriving right now. I think the Bucks are a huge reason for the thriving environment that we're seeing right now, including this All In show, which we didn't even touch on because to me, All In is a cherry on top of the cake. It's part of this whole thing because it's revolutionary. Like we haven't seen that big of a show since WCW days, right. since like 1999 or so. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. Yep. Biggest independent show or, or non-WWE show uh, to play in a building as big as the Sears Center this weekend. So That's only it, a little part of it, though. It, yeah, it's a testament to them, and, and we said it on the podcast uh, not, not too long ago. It keeps growing. You know, Jericho Cruz, G1 Supercard. Uh, selling out MSG. Selling out, selling out MSG. They're a reason. They're, I mean, look. They're a big reason for sure. I mean, you, no one could deny that. Look, no, there's no way that we're talking about this. We're not talking about Ring of Honor if the Young Bucks aren't involved. And I, mean, I don't just mean from the organization. I mean because of their global appeal and everything we've talked about here in this segment. That's why all of this is happening. I think so, yeah, and I think that's why we saw the Madison Square Garden sellout. People are drawn to what the Bucks and Cody and Omega are doing. It's unique, it's different, and they're ready for something new. And, you know, this day and age, technology kind of makes everything different. Like, we as fans have more options than ever. So you don't have to be stuck watching WWE. Get a streaming service. Just go to YouTube for free, like we've been saying. <laughs> be in the elites right there at all of our fingertips, and that's something special. Also, another note quickly to talk about is... uh. Going back to the merch, the Bucks are the first non-WWE wrestlers to have Funko Pops. Another first in their merchandise world that they've kind of broken the mold on, kind of paved the way for other wrestlers to go in and have their characters made into Funko Pops. Pretty unique, pretty special, just like the Bucks themselves. How many promotions like basically build what they're doing around a team? You can't deny that's what Ring of Honor and New Japan right. are, are doing that largely they're basing storylines, huge storylines around the Bucks, and rightfully so. Well, we're just getting started, if, if you can believe that, because we've got an entire segment coming up on the best Young Bucks matches and really kind of taking it through the years, which from the, the generation me and TNA to what we have going on at Sears Center this weekend, it's uh, an extended heads and tails all about the Young Bucks and their best matches. St. Arnold Brewing Company, located in Houston, is Texas' oldest craft brewery. Their goal is to brew world-class beers and deliver them to their customers as fresh as possible, making them the best beers in Texas and Louisiana. Their customers are beer lovers, people that appreciate great full-flavored beers. So whether you're enjoying an art car IPA or a smooth-drinking lawnmower, look for St. Arnold beers throughout Louisiana and Texas. Our awesome wrestling logo is by artist 
Eric Hodson. You could check him out at erichodson.storeenvy.com, where he has tons of other wrestling artwork. He really is an incredible artist. His Twitter handle is at Dreaded Dinosaur, which is named after his comic series, The Dreaded Dinosaur Man, which you can find on webtoons.com. Just search for The Dreaded Dinosaur Man, and you can read it for free. Thanks, Eric. We really love your logo. Speaking of Eric Hodson, we are so honored. He has done a special piece of artwork for us in the style of you know his comic book wrestling artwork, which he's done a lot of StarCast-specific event posters just exclusively for StarCast. He did one exclusively for us. Yeah, Here, take it, a look on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's unbelievable. Uh, the detail. Uh, he catches your dimples as you're looking out the window. <laughs> I'm not sure I look like he how he uh, envisions I look like, but I I appreciate Eric's vision of me. Uh, no, this is just unbelievable, and it's got the Golden Lovers in it. Yeah, it's got the Golden Lovers in it, and I'm dressed like a young buck, like yeah. in like their gear in yeah. the window. It's yeah. so flipping cool. It's like the greatest thing anyone's ever made for us. Yeah, so, so check it, it out on YouTube if you guys are listening on an yeah. audio platform. It's a really cool piece of art, and check out his art in general at Dreaded Dinosaur on Twitter, Eric Hodson's illustrations on uh, Facebook. Please support his artwork. He's an amazingly talented guy. And the reason he's here, the reason we're all here, is the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. And uh, their vision for this non-WWE show, the biggest in 25 years in the United States. And, uh, you know, look, both those guys are going to be in action, or all three of those guys are going to be in action on Saturday night. We know the Young Bucks will probably tear the house down again with whatever they come up with creativity-wise. So it got us thinking, what is the Young Bucks' uh, best match? And that was a poll you put out uh, earlier this week. What is your favorite Young Bucks match? Yeah, and I asked people to explain why. And, you know, it was hard because on Twitter you only have four options when you're putting out a poll for the choices. So the fourth option I always put other because, you know, you might not list something that somebody likes. And then I asked people to specify if they choose other. Then the other three, I had such a hard time choosing because the Young Bucks have actually so many great matches. It was hard to choose just three. But the ones we went with were Young Bucks versus Hardys at Supercard of Honor, Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of course, that was the show we were at, Strong Style Evolved. Well, we and were then at the first two. <laughs> we were, yeah. Um, Young Bucks versus Candice and Joey at PWG Guerrilla Warfare match. That was a great match, it let me was. tell you. And then, I, as I said, other for the fourth choice. The winner, and I knew this would be the winner, Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it does have a lot of storytelling in this match. That's why people like it a lot. Although I think the Young Bucks always have sprinkled storytelling in their match, more than people give them credit for. But uh, people thought this match had more storytelling than any other. It won the poll with 48% of the vote out of 295 votes. Second place, Young Bucks versus Hardys, Supercard of Honor. And third, Young Bucks versus Candice and Joey, PWG, and 6% for other. Well, we have our thoughts on that, and we've got a, a, a kind of a retrospective look as uh, you started it last weekend, uh, going back and looking at some of your favorite Young Bucks matches, and we're going to sprinkle in some of our uh, listeners' comments on uh, those specific matches. So uh, where do you want to start? Well, this is not going to be any kind of chronological order. We're just going to go jumping around all kinds of years. So let me start with Ladder War 6 at All-Star Extravaganza 8. And uh, our good friend on Twitter, Alex, at AlexTorlimon96, 
He said, Ladder War 6 is my favorite. I still believe it's the best ladder match of the 2010s. It was the first time I saw a Young Bucks match since their match with Motor City Machine Guns in 2010 for TNA. I heard so much buzz after the match, saw it, and became a big fan of all involved again ever since. It was a great match. It was one that I didn't see at the time. It's one you, uh, you were like, you've got to go back and watch this match. And yeah. I remember that was right after we, we had seen the match at Supercard of Honor. And we wanted to kind of compare it. And they were both so good. It was hard to, to pick a better of, of, of those two. I still have a hard time choosing between the Supercard of Honor, Hardy's ladder match, and this match. Because, I don't know, they're, they're both so good. But I think what makes me pick the Hardy's match a little bit above is because the Bucks were highlighted so strongly in the Hardy's match. And the Hardy's gave that heartfelt speech afterwards saying that the Young Bucks were, you know, the best tag team that they've ever faced. And they faced like everybody. And he said that they're, they've taken good care of the tag team division. He knows with them around, tag team wrestling is alive and well. So many complimentary things he had to say at the end. It was really heartfelt and awesome to hear, but the spots were incredible. But uh, if you go back and look at what we're talking about, Ladder War 6, fast paced. It actually started a lot faster than the Supercard match. Mm -hmm. Lots of spots right away. But I think the focus in that match was a lot on Christopher Daniels. In fact, at the end, they were chanting Fallen Angel. So if we're talking about best Young Bucks matches, I feel like the Hardys match highlights the Bucks specifically a little bit more than the Ladder War 6 match, where I think, man, Daniels really shined in that match. In fact, a little bit after that, he got his Ring of Honor world title reign. He, he, he won the title and he had a short yeah. reign. And I just think it was all kind of started with that ladder match where he was bleeding really, oh, like, badly. insanely. <laughs> and I think he just got a lot of respect after that match. You know, the Bucks were great, don't get me long, right. wrong, in that match. They had great spots. Well, but... and a lot of part of the, uh, as, as much as we're complimenting the Young Bucks for all of these matches, it takes two in tango, right? Oh, yeah, oh, so yeah. You're talking, or four in some cases, you're talking, or six. You're talking the Addiction, you got the Motor City Machine Guns. I the mean, Briscoes. we're talking some of the best tag teams in the world. Or Punky Vice uh, when they were together. In fact, we just had the addiction walk by us a little before we started taping, yeah. actually, uh, along with uh, Scorpio Sky, now SoCal Uncensored. Yep. Uh, the, th uh, the three of them uh, got together against the Young Bucks and Flip, remember, as well, you know, at Supercard of Honor. So, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the Young Bucks... Supercard of Honor in New Orleans, yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a great match, too, that a lot of people aren't talking about, but I loved that match. Yeah, especially with the interference of the kingdom in there and all yeah. that, too. Uh, but, yeah, you know, just back to this specific yeah, so match. Yes, let's back to Ladder War 6. Um, it, again, it's because the addiction was so good. It's because of yes. Motor City Machine Guns, who, as we're going to go through this, they've got a long history with the Young Bucks. They do, and um, before we move on to a Motor City Machine Gun match, let's talk quickly about... One of the reasons why I love the Ladder War 6 match is they made the ladder like it was a character. If you watch, you watch the open leading into that match, the lighting changes. There's like kind of uh, menacing music whenever they show a ladder in the video package and they lower the lights for everyone to enter the ring. And it's just like a hushed feeling in the arena. And I think that added to the match. And that's why it's one of my favorites. But again, Hardy's a little bit above if you're talking about specifically the Young Bucks' performance and how they've shined. So let's go to... Uh, you know, change change gears a little bit here and talk about a Motor City Machine Gun match. Let's talk about their debut yeah. in TNA. They weren't even the Young Bucks. They were Generation Me. They had been previously known as the Young Bucks, but TNA 
decided to repackage them. And I think that was a huge mistake. And I think, you know, Eric Bischoff, you talked to him the other day, and I think he knows it's a mistake now to have repackaged them. Yeah, uh, we had a chance to speak with Eric Bischoff, and unfortunately, due to technical issues, that interview will never see the light of day. But I got to talk to him for about a half hour, and one of the things I asked him was, back in those days in TNA, did he see greatness in the Young Bucks or at that time, Generation Me? And he said, he goes, I'd be lying to you if I said I did. He said, I, I, I didn't see that at that time. And, uh, you know, so, and he, of course, was... But what, he was complimentary, though, He was complimentary, too. very complimentary of them, talked about this whole thing and what they've done. But, no, he did not know at that time they would be what they are today. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can't blame him for not seeing it, but it just seems like it was so evident. Like, they had a great match against Motor City Machine Guns their in debut. their debut. Yeah. I mean, I loved that match, and we're talking all the way back to 2010. So their in-ring has always been on point to go back to something you were saying in the first block. In-ring is important, and they've always had that. That's never been a problem for them. Um, it was just developing that outside, which they clearly did more and more as the years passed, and now we're seeing the ultimate prize that they've kind of achieved. The funniest and, part about watching that match, how short it was. We're so used to seeing I these know. long epics. Um, you know, we've seen mostly Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor, and they're long, great matches. And this was a great match packed into, what was it, eight minutes maybe? Right. <laughs> so, uh, But that was their debut, and uh, they certainly made an Im impact on the impact uh, <laughs> now crowd. impact yeah of course it was tna back then but you could tell the crowd was going nuts even then for them that's they were that's why it's hard to imagine that people didn't see how special they were right and they now. were chanting young bucks is the funny thing yeah. and they weren't even called like matt and nick they're called jeremy and, and max i believe i think it was yeah yeah max and jeremy it's yep. so weird uh but yeah the crowd was like no it's young bucks <laughs> young bucks but again motor city machine guns are great too and that's why They've always created magic together in the ring. But we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Water War 6. Just a few quick things about the Bucks versus Hardys, uh, which is my second favorite Bucks match. We'll get to my first a little bit later. But um, Well, this, by the way, is my favorite. It is your yes. favorite. Okay, yeah. so here we go. Getting right into it. So why is it your favorite? Well, I mean, there are so many insane spots. I mean, obvious, I remember one. Obviously, the one that stands out. As, as we've gone back and watched, we've seen some similar things. Nick... The ladder toppling over, getting his balance on the top of the ropes, but in one, I mean, not stopping, in well, one fell swoop, flipping and going through the table. Uh, just an unbelievable spot. But one thing that made that match special, and you alluded to the speech by the Hardys complimenting the Young Bucks. Remember going into this match, this is, now they had faced earlier, but this is the Young Bucks going against people they idolized in the business. Yes, they said yes. it in one of the quotes. They they loved those TLC matches of uh, the Dudleys and Edge and Christian and the Hardys. So these are guys that they idolized, and to have an epic match, I think that adds to the whole story of how great that match was. It does. And, like, in one of the articles they were saying, like, you know, I've already lived my dream. I faced the Hardys. Like, that was my dream. I'm good. Like, you know, I think Matt was saying that in one of the articles. But that, as you said, great point. It made it almost extra special because of that you could tell the mutual respect that each team had for each other and that is so apparent when you watch the match back over and it's funny so you mentioned so it was nick going from one ladder to another ladder to the yeah. rope so two ladders That's right. yeah. he got tipped over because in a previous match years and years before in pwg 
against the Super Smash Brothers, it was one ladder right. onto the ropes, onto a table, or onto the outside. I can't even yeah. remember if it was with a table, but it was a similar spot. But this Hardy spot had two ladders, so he had to, he was pushed from one, jumped onto another, jumped onto the ropes, flipped into a table. Incredible. I'll never forget that no, spot as long as I'll no, live. I, I, I lost my mind when that happened. And Ian said, you get a table, and you get a table, and you get a table on commentary. One of my favorite parts of commentary that night. I love it. Um, so let's go on to one of my favorite tag teams that they've worked with, Rapungi Vice. And they've had many, many great matches against Rapungi Vice. And this was a match I was lucky enough to see in person. And a lot of people might not like think of this too often, but I love it. It was at the G1 US Special. And it was the whole story of the match was the teasing of a Meltzer driver. To give a little backstory, because they didn't give this backstory on the commentary on Access, because uh, JR, I guess, didn't know about it, but they didn't talk about this at all. So earlier in the day, Dave Meltzer's dad had passed away a few days before, and earlier the day of the show, Nick, I think, tweeted out, you know, we're gonna do the craziest Meltzer driver ever in honor of Dave's dad. So the whole match, they're setting up, teasing setting up the Meltzer driver over and over again. That's the whole story. Finally, when they hit it, they hit the Meltzer driver to the outside, and then, you know, they look up and they have prayer hands, like, kind of like, it's for Dave's dad. It was just special. The whole place erupted. Like, the audience knew what was going on and realized how special that moment was. And uh, it kind of added to the match. And then afterwards, Rapungi Vice broke up. And I think all of that together really added to it. It wasn't all just about their in-ring. It was a really great storytelling match. And the Bucks doing that special Meltzer driver was just really a unique thing how many wrestlers do stuff like that in their match it was great and it's funny because that was a great match but the early in the match was one of the things i alluded to earlier about criticism of the young bucks the four-way drop kick thing that almost seemed i like know, that i don't know like, i mean it was choreography is what it was yeah. and, and and when people criticize that i get that because i i'm not a fan of that either yeah. But that is such a small portion of, of yet another great match that I, I think I think the criticism of them is kind of ridiculous in that regard because that that was what, thirty seconds of a great match and yeah. the, and that's what some people would focus on. Yeah. It's ridiculous because people don't give them their props. But again, if that's your opinion, you're entitled to having that opinion, but I, I respectfully disagree. And it's okay to agree to disagree. But moving on to some more great matches, because there are so many. So another great match that I enjoy is Bucks versus Red Dragon, another team that they had multiple great matches against, and that was at All-Star Extravaganza 6. Awesome, awesome match. Two out of three falls. Yes, two out of three falls. Um, it's an earlier match. It was uh, 2014, and actually this match was the first time in Ring of Honor, I believe, they did the Meltzer driver. So kind of special there, and on commentary they made it a big deal, and I just love that match. Yeah, it was a great match. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, of course, Red Dragon no longer in uh, Ring of Honor. They've moved on to be a part of Undisputed Era and NXT, and uh, who knows if someday the Young Bucks will follow them yeah. in, the, in the NXT. You're supposed to say, no, that was, that oh. was me poking the bear. No! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so speaking of Ring of Honor, a team that hadn't appeared in Ring of Honor in quite a bit of time, Super Smash Brothers. The Bucks have had so many great matches against Super Smash Brothers. They had one just recently, this year. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. I loved it. And they had some PWG ones, including a ladder match that was flipping insane. Like I kind of referenced earlier, right, right. a similar spot to that Hardy's match. Right. That was a, that was an unbelievable match, and I had never seen that match from PWG. 
uh, it was just so spectacular and so crazy. And uh, yeah, like Matt and Nick were just acting insane. I think Nick had a ladder around his uh, neck and was swinging it around the ring, like spinning around, hitting oh, his own brother Nick, with Nick it. Nick threw the ladder. That's right. The threw chair. The or the chair. Yeah. And it landed perfectly uh, around the head. Uh, that was, or uh, around Stupefy's neck. That's what it was. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was that awesome. Was, that was incredible. How did he do uh, that? How did he yeah, perfectly the, aim? The chair bouncing off the ropes and hitting the bucks in the face. Uh, just a great match. And again, I had never seen that match, nor had I really known about the Super Smash Brothers until, until we saw them in that Ring of Honor show in Toronto. And they did a lot of callbacks. That's what I like about that that recent Super Smash Brothers match. They did the back break, which they hadn't done in a long time. In fact, Ian said on commentary, I think it was the first time since 2015 they had done the back break, if I remember Ian's quote correctly. So they lots of cool fun. They did their old school posing in the middle of the ring in their recent Super Smash Brothers match. Lots and lots of fun callbacks. Again, storytelling, stuff that if you know their history and you know them, it adds layers to the match. So people who say they don't do that, they're just dead wrong. They do add layers to a match. Um, we're going to get into our last few in depth, but a couple uh, other ones you wanted to take off, one I wanted to take off, but you wanted to mention a couple of their matches against the Briscoes. Yeah, two matches specifically. One at Final Battle 2016. Now, this one might seem random, but a lot of great stuff happened in it. Uh, the Briscoes and the Bucks just had some great back and forth. Uh, lots of super kicks in the match. They attacked each other in the middle of the ring. But I think one of the best parts of the match was at the very end, you know, it's brutal, it's violent, but at the end, we see Broken Matt appear on the screen. I remember seeing that like it was yesterday. It really added to the match, and he said, Briscoes, Bucks, you just had a great match, but we're coming for the for the Ring of Honor tag titles because we've got the Expedition of Gold. <laughs> and again, like we were talking about the Hardys match, that match is so special. Obviously, the final battle match against the Briscoes kind of led into that and built into that, made it greater of a story with the, the special appearance by Broken Matt. And it was at the height of the Broken character, and I think that's what made that whole interaction more special. And then recently, they had another great match against the Briscoes at Best in the World 2018, not too long ago. And I loved the way they were doing stuff with Paul, the ref. You know, Mark Briscoe elbowed him, so he couldn't qu count quick enough when Matt had right. pinned one of the Briscoes. Then the same thing happened when the pin was reversed. Right. And he was just too slow on his count. So good, but the Briscoes ended up winning. I love that match. Lots of great storytelling. And actually, a great quote leading into it. Mark Briscoe, he's so funny. I'm going to give y'all y'all credit. Y'all the best in the world at selling t-shirts. Y'all the best in the world at making YouTube videos. Y'all can do so much stuff. And y'all can do it so good. And Jay says, but let us tell you what you can't do. And that's to take these titles from the Briscoes. And they were right. <laughs> and that's my terrible Briscoes impersonation. <laughs> uh one that quickly jumps out to me is the show we saw in Newcastle, England. Them against the War Machine. Uh, unbelievable match. Some, some great spots right in front of us. Uh, you getting called out in the middle of the match. by One of the best days by, ever. By Matt. Uh, and Nick, yeah. Uh, Nick looked at you, but Matt was like, Kelsey, two? You know, that was great. Uh, 
there's the story, of course, that their luggage got lost, so they had to scrounge together gear to wrestle in. They blamed it on the WWE stooge, thus tying it into being the elite, what they were doing in storyline. Perfect. And, you know, when you look at that match, not my favorite in terms of in-ring, but it meant a lot to us because we were there in person. And I think the whole thing about their gear being lost and it kind of added to it, actually, because people started chanting dad jeans because I think Nick made a comment. Or Matt made a comment like, I'm embarrassed, we're in dad jeans. The whole crowd started chanting, dad jeans, dad jeans. Nick's like, don't be embarrassed, dad jeans. It was awesome. Somebody asked us our favorite, most surprising chants. I forgot about that one, but it has to be dad jeans. One of the best chants I've ever heard. All right, let's get to a a match from PWG uh, that is is among the best. And and for you... it's your favorite, but maybe a match a lot of people don't even know about unless they buy the PWG DVDs. Yeah, this is on one of the Young Bucks' best matches on their PWG DVD, and it's so good. It's the Cutler Brothers versus Paul London and El Generico versus the Bucks. And, yeah, it sounds random. And, actually, it's the Bucks when they're, like, dressed as Generation Me. So they're not even, like, the Young Bucks' Young Bucks. They're, but, but they are in terms of in-ring. Just their gear isn't. But it's still, it doesn't matter. It starts right away before anything even happens before the bell really quick tons of insane spots and the reason i know it's my favorite is because i watch it over and over again i've seen it like seven times at this point and each time i mark out like it's the first time and i'm like that spot ah ooh. <laughs> i like cringe i jump i like kind of squeak because so many crazy spots happen in that match well and you mentioned tactics that the young bucks don't use in that match the, the raking of Cutler's but back. The real rake. With a real rake. They used a real rake, and <laughs> yeah. that was so great. I love that. Because they had that. been doing raking, but exactly. they actually brought a rake in. And then Cutler's gorilla press off of the stage oh. was incredible. And then the snap pops. They had, like, oh, the, you know those yeah. snap pops, like, beep, 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 that you see around New Year's that people throw on the ground. They put those on a table and flipping. I think it was Paul London who went through it, or was it the Bucks? No, it was the Bucks who went through it. I think it was Matt. Yeah. can't remember who went through it, but it was crazy. God, I can't say enough good things about that match. If you guys aren't aware of that, go out of your way to check it out. It's so good. Let's go to another PWG match. And this is a lot of people's favorite, actually. It's one of the choices in the poll. Mm-hmm. And it's Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan, the world's cutest tag team, versus the Young Bucks. And uh, something you'll never, ever see. Candice do in WWE. Well, or, or any other female, probably, in WWE. Yeah. Uh, taking some incredible spots being busted wide open uh it it was uh visually quite the stunning match and it as great as the young bucks were it showed the respect they had for candace and the talent candace has as well candace was incredible in that match and they worked so great with the young bucks joey and her just perfect chemistry in the ring i love that match a lot of people might not like some of the silly stuff like you know there was gummy bears I think uh, the Bucks chewed him up and spit him out at Candace. Right. But Candace took, you know, a boot full, full of thumbtacks right to the face. She also took a chair. Nick threw a chair yeah. in her face. Uh, so that was a great match as well. Yeah, let's talk about how you said, obviously, they have great respect for her. So many interviews I've watched with the Bucks, and they used to get asked, like, you know, if a, a woman could be added to the Bullet Club, who would it be? Over and over again, every time, they'd always say the same answer, Candace LeRae. Rightfully so. Obviously, it shows in that match how much... They respect her and they liked working with her because that really kind of put the Bucks on the map. That kind of went viral because, you know, they're super kicking a woman in the face with a boot full of 
thumbtacks that really kind of brought the mainstream attention, whether it was good or bad, people were talking about it, and that's what they needed. And I think they used that to kind of get even bigger than they were at the time. That was great for them. So they've always appreciated that, obviously. But it's obvious that they've supported women wrestlers because if you look at All In, even, yeah. in the, you know, the over-the-budget Battle Royal, we've got Jordan Grace, the only female competitor in a, you know, all-male, besides her, Battle Royal. That's that's awesome. And obviously the Bucks and Cody are pro-women in wrestling. I love that. And I love that they're putting her in an intergender match because that's kind of cool. I love that. I'm all for that because women can do anything the men can do. And I also like one other thing in that match, the pouring of the tax down Matt's trunks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. And the ball suplex. She holds on to their balls and suplexes them more than once. Flipping awesome. Went, Flipping insane. You, know, you interviewed Dana earlier in the match. I wonder if she was cringing with uh, the tax down Matt's, Matt's pants. No. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the match that was Boda's uh, favorite. Um, fans here that was that said that that was their favorite match. We saw it in person. Uh, great storytelling. Uh, Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks at Strong Style Evolved back in Long Beach in late March. Yeah, and, you know, on Twitter, Marvelous Mike at 720 Wrestling, he says that Golden Lovers match was just too damn good, too damn emotional, too damn amazing. I can feel my heart rate rising right now just tweeting about it. And, yeah, it's not my favorite, but because, I don't know, we were there live. I was so torn. <laughs> but, at, but at the same time, I totally snubbed Kenny Omega. He came by me, and he was shaking hands. He could have shaked mine. I was like, no. Yeah, I... You know, pulled open my vest and I had a Young Bucks shirt on and I said, Young Bucks, because I was rooting for them. But uh, what made me, I love the emotional stuff in the match. And my favorite part is when Matt is on Kenny's shoulder and Kenny's about to do the one-winged angel and he hesitates. And Matt grabs his hand and he's like, no, do it. And he does it. And then Nick is pleading with them, like with Matt, like, get up. It's not over. It's not over. What's wrong with you, Kenny? And he's like telling Kenny, what's wrong with you? So good of emotional just character work by Nick there and by Matt and by everyone involved. No. It was such a great match. But why is that my favorite? It's because the night before, New Japan had this documentary out. I think it was an On the Road series. And they painted the Bucks as like a sympathetic part of the match. And they kind of made them seem like they weren't the heels, but they come out in the match and they're, they're really the clear-cut heels. So that's the only thing I didn't like was the difference between that documentary because you couldn't help but root for them after looking at the documentary. Then when it comes to the match, they were playing clear-cut heels with well, the strap and everything. Well, yeah, Matt clearly comes into the mat playing a heel. And I, I thought it was great, almost like a male soap opera. And we always hear wrestling is the male soap opera. Uh, but in this one, the, the, the guys torn to do what they were going to in the match. Like, Kenny doesn't want to do it. And finally, he just kind of says to Ibushi, all right, let's do it because... You know, he keeps getting pushed and pushed. And Nick going, you know, what is wrong with you, Kenny? And, you yeah. know, all sorts of great stuff. So the storytelling was awesome. Obviously great spots. The thing where Matt gets on the corner and it looks like he's going to do something in the ring. And then he drops the elbow on Kenny. The table. Through the table. Oh, the table. All the table stuff I loved. But, but it uh, was scary and cringeworthy. So from a storytelling perspective, it was better than, uh, in my mind, Supercard of Honor, but yeah. but from a wrestling perspective, I'm putting Supercard of Honor and Lakeland against the Hardys as, as my favorite. That's my second favorite because of sentimental value. Like, the Hardys 
especially the broken version of the Hardys outside of WWE was my favorite thing back then. And against my favorite tag team, the two clashes of my favorite things can't beat that. I remember when I heard it was announced, I was freaking out. Yep. So that's very close second favorite to, like I said, the Cutler brothers against Paul London and El Generico against the Bucks. Random match, but you can't beat it in terms of excitement. Was, and yeah, it's a gimmick match, so it's easy to say it's great, yeah, but it really is. It, it was, really is. It was. You want to read through a few other comments before we uh, kind of put a wrap on this discussion? Sure, like just a few more. So Take the Bump podcast at Take the Bump Pod says, yeah, I really loved the Hardys match because it's the Hardys at the height of their broken brilliance. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, it was the Bucks when they were just starting to like, and they've always been rising and rising and rising, but things were really starting to take off because Supercard of Honor that year broke all kinds of records. It was like their biggest house right. to date. So I think that was at their height at the time, you know, in terms of where they were at then. They've gotten even bigger since, right. but at the time, that was them at their height and the Broken Hardys at their height as well. Yep. That was the biggest uh, Ring of Honor crowd, and it was passed a year later at the Supercard of Honor in New Orleans, where, as we mentioned, where they took on SoCal and Censored with Flip. That was the biggest crowd. Next year at MSG, it'll be the biggest crowd, Supercard of Honor, so it keeps going. Keeps growing and growing, mm -hmm. and I can't wait to see it get even bigger. And, uh, you know, adding on to the Hardys thing, Derek Jones at D Jones Heel says, The Bucks and Hardys was great because it was four guys who were changing the landscape of the business by going against the NY style of booking for themselves. The buildup was perfect. Then switching gears, Daniel Williams at Dan Chris Will says, Young Bucks versus Super Smash Brothers at War of the Worlds earlier this year. Seeing the Super Smash Brothers back in Ring of Honor ring with such an amazing match, just all the right notes for me. Yeah, that was a great match. And again, I didn't really know much about the Super Smash Brothers, but some of their their moves were spectacular. And uh, I kind of wish I had known more about them. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'm glad we got to go back and watch some of their yeah. older stuff because it's, it's great. So then our friend... Zach at Allrich Zach. Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers. Everything about that match was amazing. The actual in-ring work, the emotion and storytelling, even down to the little things. Smart to Death at Smart to Death. Young Bucks versus World's Cutest Tag Team is a really close second, but Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks is where it's at. And there's uh, votes for them against Red Dragon as well. And then... Uh... It's hard to beat the tremendous three ladder match right. that was with Super Smash Brothers in PWG. There's too many to pick from, <laughs> says Owen uh, at Owen Reynoldson. Ashley at GBTY Fan 07. Can I pick every one of them? That's probably the best way to, uh, to capsulize it because there, you really can't go wrong choosing any of these. I know, and then Jacob at Jacob Derek Six. Young Bucks versus Red Dragon, two out of three falls. In another good one, they pulled out everything in the, that match. As we said, first Melter Driver in Ring of Honor, I believe. I hope I'm not wrong on that. But uh, also, he said, but you can't beat the storytelling against the Golden Lovers or the brutality versus Joey and Candace in Guerrilla Warfare. So he likes them all, essentially. Why not? And as do I. Yeah. So I loved hearing you guys' responses on that. Thanks for voting in the poll. Like we said, keep tuned to Two Faced at Two Faced Pod on Twitter and at Super Kicking It on Twitter as well to vote in these polls to get your voice heard. And so uh, as we kind of put a bow on this special edition of Two Faced Wrestling Talk, uh, again, Everything you're seeing around us, the Young Bucks merch table, fans left and right and Bully Club shirts and Young Bucks shirts, uh, everything that is going on here. So fun. It's, it's uh, groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking. It's amazing. It's kind of incredible to have something like this. I, I heard somebody say, you know, 
this is the kind of thing that only happened around WrestleMania. So to have this in the middle of August in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, much credit goes to the Young Bucks. Yeah, and if you want to even know more about behind the scenes of this event, I plugged this a couple of episodes ago, but I'm going to plug it again. The Talk is Jericho episode with Cody and the Bucks. Very informative, talking all about this event and more. And uh, you can catch a lot of Young Bucks interviews. Actually, there's like two more on Talk is Jericho from the past. Plus a whole bunch of others you could find. Just search for some. There's been some great ones over the years. Um, Can't say enough good things about the Young Bucks. And I think a lot of people are seeing that now with what they've been able to accomplish. And speaking of this event, we remind you to make sure you you continue to go to WrestlingInc.com. We're going to have all sorts of extended interviews posted all weekend. Already up there is Diamond Dallas Page. Your extended interview with Dana Massey is going to go up there soon. Uh, All weekend we'll be providing updates on our our Two-Faced Pod Twitter. We will be doing a spare change. Uh, each day from StarCast and post the all-in show. Plus, there's going to be stuff on your YouTube channel, Super Kicking It with Kelsey. So we have got you covered from StarCast. We're excited to be here. Yep, thank you. That's the finish.